Support is provided by the Red Stag Supper Club, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week and brunch on weekends, focusing on locally farmed ingredients and featuring a Friday night fish fry. RedStagSupperClub.com. The following is Grammar Grader from Minnesota Public Radio. It's the podcast about words, grammar, and usage for the information age. This week's episode, Even the Nouns Are Better, a second anniversary clip show of Grammar Grader's greatest hits so far. In 2007, podcasts mellowed out, wordsmiths and grammarians were intrigued, and the Grammar Grader podcast was born. Hi, I'm Luke Taylor. And I'm Brett Baldwin. And together, we are the Grammar Grader production team. Two years ago, when we started this podcast... We thought people might enjoy concise clarifications of commonly confused words. That's right, Luke. Who wouldn't enjoy that? It reminds me of episode 17, Eerie Discovery, in which we learned the difference between the words eerie, leery, wary, and weary. Let's have a listen. If the right circumstances aligned, it would actually be possible to use all four of these words in a single sentence. Weary from a long drive and wary about driving at night, we found an eerie-looking hotel that made us a little leery about checking in. Hmm, isn't that the way every episode of Scooby-Doo began? Roinks! And when you go back far enough, you can usually find something that will help you remember why a word is used the way it is, like the etymology of the word upshot in episode 39, What's Up? According to the Oxford English Dictionary, upshot dates back to the 1600s and originally referred to the final shot in an archery match. The word morphed over the next 200 years, and by the 1830s, upshot's most common definition had come to be simply the conclusion or the result. Those were some smooth, grammatically correct times. You bet. Fast forward a year... And we're tackling naming issues with parts of speech, as we did in episode 90, a noun in verbs clothing. Dave, now it's over to you. Name that verb in this sentence. Fred likes stamp collecting. Fred likes stamp collecting. Oh, that's easy. It's collecting. Oh, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. What? Incorrect? No way. The answer we were looking for is likes. What about collecting? That is what we call a gerund. A gerund? What the heck is a gerund? Wow, what great memories. I can recite all of the Grammatis Personae players' dialogue line for line. Yeah, those Grammatis Personae players do make every episode unique, don't they? Who could forget the time in episode 22, Can Can and May? where Larry, Gladys, and Schwartz illustrated that both can and may could be used to describe the same thing in spoken English, but how you might want to be more specific when writing. Honey, why is the salad dressing in the shower? It's not salad dressing, it's shampoo. Shampoo? Yes, I thought you'd been using it too. I have, on my salads. Hey, you two. Hi, Hi, Schwartz. So what are you two arguing about today? Larry's upset because I'm using this shampoo to wash my hair. It's salad dressing. Shampoo. Salad dressing. Oh, wait. I know that. 
It's new vivacious vinaigrette. It's a shampoo and a salad dressing. So you're both right. What? Such is the case with the age-old argument over which word is correct, can or may. (laughs) Salad dressing in the shower. Oh, how that takes me back. It's such a break from the hectic pace of everyday life. Kind of like a big, refreshing pitcher of lemonade. Yeah. When I hear an episode of Grammar Grader, it always takes me back to a relaxing place, like the beach or a house on the lake. Really? Sometimes I'm reminded of the cutthroat and often confusing world of writing and editing where it's not always clear which style or formatting I should use. You know... Just like that wrestling match we featured in episode 88, Heavyweight Title. Wow, maybe you should have another glass of this lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fans, the APA, American Punctuation Association, has a special treat for you this evening. Tonight's main event is a grudge match, and it's guaranteed to get ugly. A three-way brawl among the toughest of contenders to decide once and for all who deserves the title. In the blue corner, weighing in at 197 pounds, he was taken out of context. Quotation marks. Hmm, I'm here to tell you, I'm the fastest, I'm the greatest, I'm the best, I deserve the title. These guys are just posers and wannabes. They're not as pretty as me either. In the red corner, straight, pun intended, from his exhibition bout in Australia, he put his own unique slant on everything, especially his opponents, Italics. I deserve this title. I can't stress this enough. I'm going to put you two in a world of hurt. I can't stress that enough either. And in the white corner, the one who's held the title since they were written out in longhand, Underline. I'm going to tell you, I'm the one who deserves this title. Let me underscore this. I will control you. You heard it here, folks. Three contenders at the top of their game, each determined to prove that they deserve the title. The contestants are ready, so ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to punctuate! Making decisions when writing under intense scrutiny may be tough, but we always try to make it easier. We typically offer some tips on how to remember the distinction we're covering in that episode. That's right, Luke. Like in episode 44, further, farther, falderall, when we learn that the word far in farther helps remind us to use that word to express quantifiable distance instead of the word further. Just remember, farther can't be spelled without the word far, and far refers to physical distance. Use further when referring to any spaces that can't be measured quantitatively. George, come out. You were right. Either word was fine. Really? Yeah, it's all been a trip for biscuits. Turns out the words are interchangeable when referring to physical distance. Well, that's swell. Now let's not discuss it any farther. Further. Nuts to you, Noel. What's the big idea? You just had to razz him, didn't you? Oh, that is the essence of grammar grader, isn't it? How some grammatical issues just grate on people to no end. Yeah, but remember, what grates on one person doesn't necessarily grate on the nerves of others. You don't want to be too pushy, or you may end up like this poor chap in episode 84. The reflexives are the first to go, when he tried to correct a police officer's grammar one too many times. I'm just issuing a warning today, but my partner and myself would advise you to take it a lot slower through this neighborhood from now on. My partner and I. Pardon? My partner and I would take it slower, not my partner and myself. It's another reflexive pronoun. Okay, that does it. Step out of the vehicle. What? Why? Because you just talked yourself into a ticket. 
You know, Luke, it's been great sharing all these Grammar Grader moments with you. And you too, Brett. And we're just getting started. If you love podcasts about words, grammar, and usage, there is plenty more to discuss. We've only just begun to live White lace and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way This has been Grammar Grader from Minnesota Public Radio. Special thanks to everyone who's helped out over the past two years. Amy Alt, Corey Bussey, Dale Connolly, Jackie Fuller, Jen Houck, Ewan Care, Bridget Murphy, John Ryan, Julia Schrenkler, and Tom Weber. Our producer is Brett Baldwin. Executive producer is John Pearson. Your host is Luke Taylor. And if you enjoy Grammar Grader, consider supporting it by becoming a sustaining member at mpr.org slash grammar grader. Watch